Weekend is a podcast we started with me, my friends, myself. We all like to sit around and discuss what's going on in pop culture, the world. It's what we would have been doing anyway. We just decided to record right. it. So I'm here. I'm Jared. I'm here with Chance. Oh, hey. <laughs> and Brooke. Asia. Have you done a podcast before? No, this ever? is my first time, okay, never. I, I know you have a friend who does a podcast. Yes, okay, but no. Okay. Well, yeah. welcome. We're glad to, um, you know, have your podcast debut be with us here at Black Weekend. We're excited. Thanks. Exactly. Brooke is filling in for Jasmine. Keep her in your prayers. R.I.P. <laughs> I know, right? We're pulling for you, Jasmine. Was it strep throat or bronchitis? Thought, oh, it was bronchitis. You're right. It was definitely yeah. bronchitis. bronchitis. I, I pictured that. What's that lady? She said, I almost got bronchitis. <laughs> you remember that lady? Yeah. Gotcha. So like I said, Brookie's going to be joining us today. She's going to help us bring the feminine flair. We decided to bring her on. Otherwise, it just would have been a sausage, sausage party, me and Chance, giving our male perspective. <laughs> so thankfully she's here with us okay as as we always do we like to start off with a game of black car revoked our resident black car revoked expert is going to explain the rules real quick thank you uh okay so you've each got two black cards uh on your desk it's sort of like um uh cards against humanity so i'm going to draw a card you guys are going, it's going to be a question about black culture or the black community. You guys are going to answer it. And depending on the card itself, some of them are majority rules. Some of them have a correct answer already uh, stipulated. On. You lose or gain a black card. Okay. So I'm going to go first. And, and we also have decided we're going to keep a running tally of the, That's of right. the number of black cards. I'm at zero. Well, you start with two. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So I get a fresh start. You get a fresh okay, start great. with two. And uh, then I am the reigning champion and so I should, for Black Card. I should specify each round we start with two. Yeah, yeah. play two rounds. So I could end up back at zero again. So. Or you could end up at negative two. <laughs> <laughs> you have <Sure>. zero. <laughs> okay, all right. First one. You witness a fight. Nope, we did this one last week. Moving on. Edit that out. <laughs> Who is the baddest reality show chick on television? Oh, yes. A, Evelyn Lozada. B, Portia Williams. C, Kenya Moore. Oh, my D, God. Rashida Frost. I think all I of think those this, are wrong. I think that this, this was so truly can... picked for me. This question was picked the, for me. <laughs> you know, I'm going to pick Kenya. I mean, no, 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 no Portia. Wait, we pick... both answer? We both yeah. What if we have the same answer? We can't pick the if same? We, if you have the same answer, then we move on. But So if you guys agree, we move on. To Let's move on to a new Shoot. question. Because so you got, you got, you got I Brooke. think Portia, too. Brooke has indoctrinated me. I was, was going to say Portia. She's indoctrinated me okay. into, what is that called? Atlanta. Real Hot of Atlanta. You know you you love that show. I love Candy. Do you know? I mean, yeah, I love Candy. Well, Candy is the best. But you She's love everybody. You love that show. You can't <laughs> deny it. Yeah, whatever. Okay, what's that? I am. I'll tell you all. I'll tell you all the details. <laughs> okay, next card. Best blue-eyed soul singer. Oh, okay. I already know. And this is majority rules, so I get to be the title. Do you have? Uh, let me let me give you the list. Oh, don't. Out. Can I can I get my answer before you give hers? What? My okay. Just read it. Okay. <laughs> A. 
best blue-eyed soul singer? Uh -huh. A. Sam Smith. B. Adele. C. Robin Thicke. <laughs> D. Justin Timberlake. I'm gonna go. Oh. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say E. What's her name? I'm gonna say E. Holland Oates. What? <laughs> Wait, what? I think the only one on that list that qualifies is Adele, and she's a blue-eyed pop singer. Is what I. No, I, I pay. I. I mean, no, she's a blue-eyed soul singer. The rest were blue-eyed pop, is what right. I meant to say. Oh, just Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, no, he does have some. You're right, but he did take a boy band detour, which I'm not. But then he came back. Okay, come on, people gotta make money. You have started. to make money. <laughs> and I'm not even, I'm not talking about, she's a rich girl. I'm not yeah, talking about Yeah, what are that. you talking I'm about, talking though? I'm talking about the old school stuff that Brooke doesn't No, like about. what song? I'm Give us an example. The, uh, uh, okay, this, Brooke, what's your answer? I pick Adele. Adele? Yeah. Uh, okay, what is it? Majority rules. So I have to be the tiebreaker. Uh, man, I, I really don't like adding choices to the cards, so I'm going to side Oh, one. my God. Woo! Also, got the honorable <laughs> mention on that one. Alright, uh, so we're gonna go. So, so, Wait, hold on. so I, have is... to, I have to give my black card to yeah, you. You have to give a black card to Brooke. So, <laughs> uh, right who would have ever thought? I don't know if I even like this. Brooke is at three black cards, Jared's at one, and I'm still hanging on to this. Wait, wait, that's how she asked one now, right? Yeah, she asked one. I asked one oh, yeah, now. Okay, gotcha. yeah. So, drop, take the card. Which is. Okay. <laughs> Which is what? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. No, go ahead. Say it. <laughs> Read the question. Okay, it's a correct answer when. Okay, so there's already a correct answer on my <laughs> Okay, according to Mama, what does it mean if your ear keeps itching? A, you need to wash. B, someone is talking about you. C, you need to see a doctor. Or D, you're about to fall in love. I have never heard anyone are you serious anyone in the black community say this. oh in the okay See, i think this is more of a country thing and brooke is very country dude i did know this answer right. i can't deny right. i knew it all, like, <laughs> ears itching? i think I, I i i can't remember if it's someone thinking about you or falling I think in love somebody's talking about so i think it's someone's talking about family you. is from the midwest i don't know none of this yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> don't say stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm gonna go with somebody's talking about you same that's right. You're both right. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you get to ask another one because we tied. Okay. Uh, you can pour oh, okay. Okay, this is majority rules. Wait, so does that mean I choose? Yeah, for this. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Unless we agree and then you can move on. Okay. When he sings, it makes you want to fall in love with somebody. Okay. What are the choices? <laughs> These are the choices. Barry White. Luther Vandross? Oh. Dross? I don't know. What? <laughs> I don't know how to say She's that. She's a card. The rules of my game dictate that she loses a card on that one. Honestly, I no. think that's your fault if you're not playing. No. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's, that can be true. I signed with Chance on that one. That's your fault. It's all your fault. Oh, I disagree. First of all, no. we are going to fact check that later. We're going to phone a friend. We're going to ask her if she knows who Luther Van. Oh, yeah, is. we could do that. Secondly, um, and we're going to be doing a phone so she can't Google it real quick. Secondly, Brooke, what? you should come into this world knowing who Luther Vandross is. Like, okay. Oh, dr okay. Okay. So what are the choices? Again? Barry White, okay. Luther Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass, and Marvin Gaye. Luther Vandross. 
I'm gonna say Barry White. Luther Vandross. Do I have to say who I want to win? She picks, and she didn't know who Luther Vandross was. Yeah, you, I mean, I guess you can pick your own, but that kind of defeats the purpose. So you kind of want to do a tiebreaker, because you don't really gain anything. Yeah, so like I pick one that y'all pick. Yeah, like yeah, I pick, yeah. okay, I'm really sorry, Chance, but I, it's, I'm going to go with Barry White. I'm in a black card. <laughs> Chance, for those I'm sorry. keeping score at home, Chance is now a negative one black card. Brooke was not familiar with the subject matter of Luther Vandross. If she was, I might have picked it. Chance, you're not a negative one. You just don't get the chance to get two now. Is what right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Here we go. Brooke has somehow inexplicably has three <laughs> black cards. Brooke is a white woman. I don't know yet. Very white. Okay, here we go. Okay. Wait, wait first, is it majority rules or is there correct answers? Oh, gosh. Majority rules. Okay, cool. So I'll pick. Who is the best female soul singer of all time? Here are your choices. Patti LaBelle, Aretha Franklin, Etta James, Anita Baker. So oh I just gosh. want to say that Jared is just such a loyal and loving boyfriend that it honestly doesn't matter what either of uh, them say. <laughs> I'm going to side with Brooke. I don't, I don't know. know. He's, he's pretty competitive, and considering I'm beating him, he might not. <laughs> I'm going to go with Etta James. I think Aretha Franklin. I mean, Brooke had the right answer anyway, so it's not even that... <laughs> Chance still with zero <laughs> black cards. Brooke inexplicably <laughs> with four black cards, and I have two. So Brad brings the the running total. Brooke has four. I have six. Jasmine in her absence still has two. Chance I'm trying to get on the board. Jasmine, Aww. if you want to donate some black cards <laughs> for this, I would appreciate it. Oh my gosh, and and now we. We've, we've decided, we used to have a segment called Shoutouts, but to keep with the, I guess, theme of the show, we're going to actually, instead of just handing out shoutouts, because I mean, everyone hands out shoutouts, right. like, I'm shouting out Kiki, you know, what's up, <laughs> uh, on the radio, we're going to be handing, or not handing, but giving and, and taking back black cards, and it, it's white people can get these two, black people can get these two, it's right. just, it's shoutouts with some branding. Right. Right. <laughs> So I'm going to give my black card this week to Ryan Johnson, who is the director and the entire cast of the last Star Wars movie, for really just having the ambition to, to make a Star Wars movie that was risky, I feel. I, I Brooke hasn't seen this. Brooke does not like... I'm not into Star Wars. Gonna I'm not going to drop spoilers. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, for those of you... We're going to have a spoiler episode, maybe? You know what? Yeah, we'll have a, a special edition Star Wars episode. For those who are into Star Wars, I will warn you, this will probably be the most discussed movie, Star Wars movie you'll ever see. <laughs> Everyone's going to have their opinions and feel it, but I enjoyed it. I like that they took the risk that they did, and I just, you know, Ryan, here's a black card on me. I, I feel that. I feel that you really did your thing with that, and I'm excited to see what you do with your trilogy. Wait, but for those of us who aren't really into it, can you explain to us why it is going to be so discussed like okay. what risk did they take well yeah have without you, well first what what star wars have you seen zero, zero. she doesn't have seen none okay. i've tried to watch one and fell asleep Which in the one? theater I, I have no oh, idea okay. i'm sorry i'm really really okay. sorry so, <laughs> so for me it was like um yeah without getting into the specifics 
there was a lot of things they could have done. Like it could have just been a standard, you know, it's really hard to do this without getting the spoilers. It could have just been a standard run of the mill, progress the plot forward movie. Okay. But they really did some storytelling um, changes that not changes, but like risk. Maybe they actually did some cinema, cinema, graphic cinema. They, camera work there were some scenes and the way things were shot that weren't typical of a star wars movie there were some themes that they explored that are explored in star wars all the time but the way they explored it they breathed i feel like they even personified and gave a physicality to some aspects of things in star wars that i just feel like honestly could have gone horribly or i don't think they went horribly but i feel like as fanboys star wars is the most like no this is how the voice works no this is like this is what happens this is who Blah blah blah, and the, the fact that Ryan Johnson's like, I'm gonna make my movie, and we're gonna, you're gonna like it. I, that's what I feel. I feel like they explored humor a little bit more too. Like Star Wars, there's a lot of humor. Yeah, never like delved into like your mother People, jokes or anything. Well, like you're that. right, your mother jokes. It never yeah. delved into your mother yeah. jokes, but it I mean, was like modern, like the OG humor mo- of this galaxy. The OG heard. movies had Ewoks, so I, I, it's hard for me to say there's no humor in it, but. We'll save that for the Star Wars podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm giving my black card to. Uh, I'm going to shout out the 35,000, quote, blackity blacks, unquote, that were trucked into D.C., escorted by Obama, Megatron, and Black Panther, uh, so that they could double vote out Roy Moore uh, in the Alabama uh, Senate race. So congratulations to y'all. Thank y'all for conspiring. Um, shout out Doug Jones. Yeah. Oh, to be clear, by the way, none of that was true. Yeah, that's what that's I was about to say. Hopefully, conspiracy theory that I feel like perpetuating because it's hilarious. I, exactly. <laughs> I, although that's a great black, I mean, black card to give give out though because yeah. that was monumental. That was yeah, that absolutely. was I was on the news. Like I saw headlines that literally read "Black Women Saved Alabama" yeah. on like CNN and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I I think I'm glad. How long people... have they been arrested? 25 years, yeah. 26, so that's, 27. That's huge. That's wow. Huge. That's huge. And they, I say, they said they, <sighs> the, the black vote was stronger in Alabama than it was even when Obama was running. Mm. That's how crazy this was, mm. which is really... Brooke, did you keep up with the Roy Moore stuff at all? Or? Mm-hmm, yeah. It's just one of those things. I feel like it's almost common sense. Like, i glad the black vote showed up, but I also wanted... The state vote to show up against a guy who's accused of pedophilia. Right. I feel like mm-hmm. we should all. Exactly. I, there were tons of people. I'm I'm willing to bet. Not I don't have any facts to back this, but I'm willing to bet there are tons of people who are like, well, I'm voting for the party. No, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Come on, man. For sure. I mean, how do you think Trump got elected? Exactly. Like, exactly. Everyone's getting and fired just... for these allegations. Yet what? Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. And I actually saw people tweeting like, voted for party. Grown women who heard this man say that he was grabbing people by the pussy. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. That's disgusting. Oh my gosh. But yeah, shout out, shout out everyone who voted in the uh, Alabama Senate race. You guys did the damn thing. So. Really, I really appreciate that. Okay, Brooke, you came in. Unfortunately, we're not doing shout outs anymore. <laughs> But we're hoping you have a Brooke card to yeah, give out to somebody. Yeah, sure. Okay, so 
I'm giving my Brooke card to the whole cast of Lady Bird. Um, okay. I don't know if y'all have seen that movie. I haven't seen it. I've seen trailers. I'm very intrigued. Yeah. It's really funny. So, it reminds me of like Juno, but less dark. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Incorrect. it does have a little bit of darkness. It's kind of more like, okay, did you see The Edge of Seventeen? No, I didn't. Okay, so it's kind of like The Edge of Seventeen, but more realistic and a little bit more depressing. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a really? depressing mood, kind of. But that's what I like. I like it drama. Like a... It's a drama, it's for a drama. sure. Okay. Yeah. But it is also funny. Yeah, it's kind of like a dark... It's just, it's just your standard coming of age, but over very realistic. Like the awkward stuff that teenagers do. Yeah. Like yeah. the very serious and solemn things. Yeah. Right, but yeah. done very, very well. And I'll say this. I, I plan to see it. It really focused a lot on the relationship between mother and daughter. I, I got that feeling. Yeah, and so as a as a daughter, it really struck a chord, and I cried even on the way home. Yeah. Like, sobbed like I couldn't even speak. I saw it with so... her, and I can attest to that. I feel like I <laughs> scraper up off the floor. Yeah, it was... She was eating leftover popcorn. Like, really... Yeah, <laughs> it really hit me hard, but that's my favorite kind of movie, where I laugh and cry, so I liked it. For those in Houston, we, we actually went and saw that at the River Oaks Theater, which I actually kind of recommend to people, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's really cool. It's old, and I mean... How much tickets? Standard. Standard. Like 13 bucks, 10 bucks? Yeah, a little cheaper than yeah. that, but it's, you're not going to pay 25 bucks to see anything. In but they pay. only show indie films, right? Uh, indie, say that? critically acclaimed yeah. stuff, yeah. They're not, you're not going to go catch Star Wars. They honestly might be showing <laughs> Star Wars just because it's Star Wars. But I doubt it. Yeah. But I will yeah. say this. It's like they turn the balcony into two screens. So it, if you go upstairs for a movie, it's tiny. But if you're in Intimate. the big theater downstairs, it's, it's huge. huge. And the ceilings are so high. You just It's it's really a good atmosphere. The way it's like built and constructed, it almost looks like those old school, like where they have like plays and operas. Yeah. ornate stuff on the sides and i feel like it was at one point it's really extravagant movie theater but mm-hmm. you know they've actually they've retooled it so now i've got three screens i enjoyed it yeah it's cool I'll check it out you should take your girl on a date all right are we going to uh dive into the nonsense that was this uh let's get into this phenomenon <laughs> let's get into this week and the biggest thing i think i don't think anyone who exists hasn't seen this by now what's that kid's name i don't even know Keaton? The- Last, that's the family's name. I can't remember. The that's kid. right. That's Isn't the it? Name. Is it I Keaton don't know. Jones? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god. The gosh. bullied kid. That's who and we're talking about. Just full disclosure, I still have not seen that whole video. I couldn't watch it. It's just. I, I watched the maybe the very beginning, and I just I couldn't do it. I can't watch. Uh uh-uh, uh, I couldn't. So for those who don't know what you're talking about, and I guess we're in a coma this past week, <laughs> on the internet there was this big huge hubbub. This this mom posts. I guess they were driving home from school with her son Keaton. There, from what I understand, there was an incident at the school. The mother came to the school to address the incident, and she took the kid out of school. Keaton Jones. Right. Now, was, I, I he was feel, being bullied, right? Absolutely. And I feel for the kid because you know no one should have to deal with that. School is already hard enough. And that's and that's what initially caused. The the viral since the virality of it right is right. that this you got this kid just like why are people bullying me I just don't understand the standard kind of 
And I think I, didn't he say something at the end that was like really everyone was saying it was so profound? Or yeah, no, said, what did he say? Well, he was talking about bullying in general. That you know, people because someone is different because people don't understand that or that doesn't fit hmm. into what their idea of someone is. That we're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that um, you know, it's not okay to make people feel unwanted or uncomfortable. Oh, okay. And he was, it was like true stuff. It, it is true. It's absolutely <laughs> true. And it was profound to hear from a kid, you know, struggling in a situation where it would be easy for him to just focus on his own situation. He's, you know, not only is he upset about what he's having to deal with, he's, you know, having the realization that there are, you know, thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of kids around the country, around the world, who deal with this, and it's not fair. Yeah. And so that that struck a chord. But and then, hold, hold on, but that it got huge. It wasn't yeah. just you know people sharing on Facebook. You got celebrities yeah. saying like, "Oh, okay, I'll be Keaton's friend. I'll hang out with them." I think Mark Ruffalo invited him to the red carpet. Really yeah, LeBron was sending out his support, stuff like that. You're right. You're right. The red carpet. There was red carpet releasing yeah. people they wanted him to come to. And then what happens as it always happens, Chance? So, and this is the thing about the internet. No one is innocent. No. No one is innocent. Delete your tweets. Yeah. Jared, if you Jared put it on there, it, it never goes away. Jared said that back in episode one. I'll, exactly. I'll echo that. Delete your tweets. <laughs> um, so, they're looking at this woman's Facebook page. Let me Let me back up. So, yeah, there are celebrities who are like, you know, they're pouring out support for this guy, for this kid, you know, inviting him to all of these opportunities that, you know, the average person wouldn't necessarily get to go to because they feel terrible for him. Uh, a third party who was not directly associated or related to the family started a GoFundMe that racked up like $50,000. Good chunk of change. Pretty early on. And then people start exploring who this woman is, just out of curiosity. <laughs> They go on her Facebook page, they find, you know, pictures of her uh, having her children pose with Confederate flags and saying things like, uh, stop whining about the Confederacy. Um, you know, if you're not bleeding, you don't have bones sticking out mm-hmm. and you're breathing, you got nothing to cry about. <laughs> so I don't, and, and I didn't take the time because I, I really just didn't want to have this woman's like social media content in my psyche. Uh, but from what I've read, I don't know that she said anything directly racist, but she said things that are problematic for the black community. Right. Um, it, she definitely alluded to she it. Wasn't, like, I mean, firing off M bombs on Twitter or anything. But right. She but... alluded, absolutely. Yeah. She alluded to racist uh, sentiments. And so it really. You know, I think like five or six years ago, if this happened, it would have just been Keaton Jones comes the red carpet. But you know, now we, with the amount of information we have access to in social media, now we really look at situations like this from all sides, and it's kind of it's kind of messy. It's kind of a gray area. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel terrible for the child, but his mother is not absolutely genuine in this situation either. Right. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where, like, like I said, on the delete your tweets, just in a broader perspective, you really never know what's just going to happen online. I'm sure she wanted that to get some some play, right? But when you post some like some some 
you know, attention online. But when you post something, you never know what you post. If you post a tweet, it's going to get what a hundred thousand shares and then everyone is going to be looking through everything you've ever posted online right and so that's it's hard they will have bots <laughs> right right did you post on reddit did you say something just bulk downloading every exactly. photo you posted so it's just always i feel like this happens more and more that cam newton with the whole like it's funny with the bit to see a woman talking about routes the reporter takes offense to it then you find out the reporter said some racist exactly. stuff it's exactly. just it's just one of those things it, it's like you've got so much going on and everyone's under it. It's not even just celebrities that are under the um, the microscope now. You've just got common people under the microscope because you never know when you could become viral, even if it's something you kind of were engineering. But I think the larger thing to take away from this is just take any point that you arrive to based on information you found on the internet. With massive, massive grain of salt. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Joseph Lamb was the guy who started the third party GoFundMe account. Mm -hmm. He said something I thought was interesting. Condemnation before evaluation is the ultimate form of ignorance. So I feel like that door really swings both ways, mm -hmm. honestly. Like, yes, we were, you know, we were pouring out, you know, support for this kid who was, who was being bullied. And immediately we were like, yeah, come to the red carpet. Here's 50 grand. You know, let's make your life better. Let's fix this one instance, and hopefully that can inspire people to fix bullying on a you know on a broader scale. Burr. But then we discover that the mother is kind of a racist hypocrite. Right, right, know? right. So let's while bullying is terrible in situations where you know the the content is engineered to make you feel something and to evoke an emotional response. Let's slow down and take a step back and try to look at the situation from all sides before we, you know, make it a, a emotional and mental decision about what's going on. And that was, a, like, that was the very thought, thought-provoking, mature, mature perspective to take from all of this. My advice is just to delete your tweets. <laughs> I don't know why most people are going to continue to be racist and say stupid stuff or immature stuff they did. If you just delete all of that before you go viral, you ain't got to worry about it. You can prop up whatever <laughs> exactly. you want. Because that is the only information anyone can see. It's just make all your stuff just like a permanent Snapchat. I've done some horrible things on Snapchat. Oh but no one's gosh. ever going to know about them because... Uh... was the victim, I think. Of some of <laughs> oh, okay. my gosh. <laughs> okay, but speaking on that, we're, I'm glad we're on this thread because, Brooke, aren't you... You're currently listening to an audiobook about... Um, Tiffany, she wrote it. Yeah, Tiffany Haddish, right? The last black unicorn. The last black. The last unicorn. black. And everyone loves Tiffany. Isn't she just going through a soup like a worldwide glow? Up She's right on. Now, right? She is. Yes. I think everyone genuinely is like happy for her success, but she ran into some stuff. Brooke, fill us in on some <laughs> some 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 of the controversy surrounding her her book right now. Okay, so I've I have only read one chapter, the first chapter, and. You know, as I'm reading it or listening to it because it's on audiobook, I'm thinking, okay, this is not, this doesn't seem legit. Um, so I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's interesting yeah. because in one of her go live Instagram segments, she said that there was some really outlandish stuff in the book, but that she felt, and I'm, I'm quoting here, that in the audiobook, because she was the one who was doing the audiobook, mm -hmm. that she really got some of those things. Right. Yes. So you're saying that in the audiobook there are still some really ridiculous things. Yeah. Well, it just is just 
to me seems very elaborated. So I think she probably some of this. I think probably what happened is the stories are correct. But in order to make them more dramatic and funnier in her way, she has, yes. And I think she got caught in some of her stuff. And so now, and now she's coming on saying, oh, I don't know. They must have changed the book. And I just am like, why are you, why not just say, yeah. And it just seems like there's a better explanation than so they. The, she didn't see the final draft of the, the book. Exactly. It's published by Simon and Schuster. They have no history of ever like. There are tons of publishers who've had editorial scandals mm-hmm. where they're like, you know, I gave you a manuscript and you just completely changed the book. This is unacceptable. There's been litigation. Simon and Schuster has no history of that ever happening. So I'm ha- I'm having a really hard time believing she turned in a manuscript that said one thing. And they just made up all of this shit about real people. Yeah. Uh, that was going to, you know, tarnish their image. Yeah. Well, you know, and she talks so much in the first chapter alone about how she really used comedy to get people to like her and to get friends and all this stuff. So I feel like her, she just did that in her book as well. So give me an example of like some of the stuff she's. So she's. Well, let's talk specifically about what's caused the main controversy well the main controversy is that her she her ex-husband who she divorced and okay got married to him divorced him got married again divorced again yeah so um the main issue is that the book talks about physical abuse um and she oh and her ex-husband is now coming on saying I never put hands on her like that never happened right so in her video saying where she's saying you know I I don't know they changed some stuff she never actually addresses any specific issues which that's why it makes me think like if if it really was something serious that you thought was wrong, you would address it specifically. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, I watched her go live Instagram uh-huh. videos where she yeah. was like, "Man, like I'm real people are really blown this out of proportion. You know, I feel like maybe the editor fluffed this some of this stuff up. I feel like I got it right, but she's she's being very vague. Mm-hmm. So I love receipts, just in case <laughs> in case any uh, screenshots, uh, <laughs> actual receipts, proof of employment. I love mm-hmm. all that. So what I'm saying is she, as the author of the book, I have no doubt she still has a copy of the manuscript. She oh, yeah. Post the manuscript. Yeah. Like, I, anywhere. I don't care. Post screenshots of it on Twitter. Anywhere. Set the record straight mm-hmm. if this isn't what happened. But I, I absolutely agree with you. I feel like maybe she's in denial. She's trying to do damage control. And she's trying to pass off this story that Simon and Schuster fluffed up her story, which I am having a hard time. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love her. She's hilarious. Absolutely. I will finish the book. I will read it all. But do I think maybe she's a little fluffier, you know, fluffing things up herself? Yes. But I love the girl. Yeah. And that's the thing. I her, She's a great storyteller. Yeah. She's really good at telling stories. And she's got so many of them. I did find, even before the book, I find myself wondering, man, some of these sound a little bit too good to be true. Like, no mm-hmm. one's life is just consistently that outlandish and interesting but you thought you know maybe it is and that's why she's but i'm just more inclined to believe that she just like she said in a book 
to get people to like her. She's willing to tell a few stories. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem here, though, is it's at someone's expense. Yeah, exactly. that's when it really crosses the line. And I feel like, honestly, and she did just like now, just now get insanely popular. So I feel like I know a lot of people in my life that have just said stuff that I knew probably was BS and would continue to say that. And if they all of a sudden got super popular, <laughs> a lot more people would be like, okay, you know, it was okay when you were just saying that to like our friends at parties and stuff. But, you know, this, mm-hmm. you now you're on Jimmy Kimmel talking about <laughs> this. We need to fact check some of this mm-hmm. stuff. So she's insanely popular. Everyone's always hearing her stories and she's always telling her stories. I'm sure a lot of her friends are like, okay, Tiffany, I know you always used to, you said you used to have a pretend parrot named Cracker that you always talked about at school, mm-hmm. but no one remembers that. And everybody has, knows somebody who is like constantly right. lying, but they're saying, like they're retelling a story and you're like, dude, that's not how that went down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just let them do it because that's just how they are as a happens. person, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but. Which I feel is what Tiffany it's getting caught in right mm-hmm. now, unfortunately. I still love her. I'm still going to check her Same. stuff out. Unrelated story. Last week, Jared and I played basketball, and I just balled him up. <laughs> like, wasn't even... See, this is an example of someone's stuff. <laughs> like, no way. And these are good friends, and they let me do it. sometimes to add dimension. So it's all the same. <laughs> I will post the receipts of that in the. Uh, <laughs> you got the stats? I've got text. You know, I, I wrote down some stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll show it up. It'll be bonus material online. But it's funny. Like, we're in this age where everyone's accusing stuff, accusing people of things, or uh, allegations are flying left and right. There was one I thought was particularly interesting because it kind of happened in a weird... I don't want to... The community is not weird, but it was just a weird scenario and how it happened. Um, I'm, yeah, a lot of people have heard of, the, of Melanie Martinez, and she's this kind of like almost alternative pop, basically Lana Del Rey with a diaper on <laughs> music artist. Is she, is she really well known or is she more in like an indie like underground? Well, I think I would I, say I, an I, underground. I, I'm not trying to be... She's not like... Beyonce, I, she's not Beyonce yeah, or anything. I really had to do some googling on she, that. She she was on The Voice, okay. So right, right, any right, right. fans of The Voice could okay. see her, okay. but she is definitely different. It's, she's not like your typical pop singer, right? It's it's I like the way it's like she's not largely popular, but in her niche, like area segment of music, okay. she's insanely popular. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like her fans aren't just casual. I like her fans. There are people who are like, oh, I love Melanie Martinez. Mm-hmm. She stands for everything I believe in. Gotcha. And her song subject matters about like, you know, messed up families and overcoming stuff, overcoming abuse and mm-hmm. just all that good stuff. I, in a loving, as lovingly as possible, call it the Tumblr pop crowd, like the girls mm-hmm. who are like posting it. Black Twitter calls that uh, septum piercing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Exactly. <laughs> But exactly. So she was accused by her old friend Timothy Heller of rape. I mean, that's. To clarify that Timothy Heller is a woman, if you weren't aware. Yeah, right. Yeah. Timothy Heller is a woman. Her, her given name is Timothy. And she was accused by Timothy of, I mean, just to put, I, there's no really other way to put it, of raping her, right? Of coercing her into sexual activity. Yeah, she, she put, she basically outed her on Twitter right. with a long post detailing the whole event really 
and how it had gone on for a couple of days and she had just pre- basically pressured her into having sex. Right, and how she repeatedly said, I don't want to do this, my boyfriend will like this, I'm not feeling it, blah, 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 blah. And so just from that point, I think it was crazy because you that that same I and I this is not demeaning in any way. I I am on Tumblr all the time, and that community like any time there's an accusation of sexual you know of a sexual impropriety, they are the first and for just cause I feel it, for to <laughs> jump and say like all men are trash. This guy, of course, this would happen. Yeah, you know, and there's some extremes to that, but overall, I definitely am down with the vibe. Like. I am I'm not I'm against victim shaming. You know what I mean. I want to hear victims out. But we were now in a situation where the accuser was kind of from them. You know what I mean. Was what a role model they had, mm-hmm. and I thought almost instantly they there was a split. There were some people who were like, "Yes, women can do this too." You know, yeah. you should still stick up for Timothy and hear her out. And then there were some who were clearly like, "No, Melanie wouldn't do this." Yeah. Timothy is just probably just like a super fan that got out of hand with, right? Which is, there's, I don't know. You look at the situation. So Timothy, there was like, quote unquote, best friends with her, but she was definitely obsessed, which I just think leads credence to what she was describing because I think Melanie took that for advantage. But anyway, so that was, you're already looking at a community that's kind of split. Then you've got... Melanie's reaction to it. Did y'all all see this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Melanie, it's like... I guess she doesn't have PR. We found out in the yeah. first episode that porn actresses have a PR team. Oh, my God. But apparently, Mel- yeah, Brooke. Yeah, okay. but apparently, <laughs> Melanie Martinez doesn't have PR right. because worst, literally, worst possible. she wrote, she never said no. And you're just like, whoa. Yeah, like that. That's mm-hmm. the worst possible way to phrase that. Like, my goodness, Melanie. I feel that was so tone deaf. It, all, it also caused just... It was just interesting. What did you see online, Brooke? What was your reaction to, like, uh, first of all, a woman-on-woman, you know, rape allegation, and then just how people responded? Yeah, I mean, I I was shocked, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not, I guess, I. this is sad to say, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. And I think you were talking about it the other day, and you explained it best, and I can't remember your exact words, but... You were saying what I, kind of like what you already said was she was a fan Uh and maybe Melanie just didn't realize that she was, or no, 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 Timothy didn't realize that what she, that she didn't want it until after the fact, maybe? Well, I felt like it was one of the, she was kind of excusing Melanie's behavior. She was so caught up in Melanie and what Melanie wanted as a friend and as a fan of hers that she was just like, I don't really want this, but what you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until she was removed from that relationship that she could see things clearly. I see that happen all the time. I was about to say that happens all the time. Sadly. And maybe it's not, I'm not saying it's like rape allegations, but there's something that's going wrong within the relationship, right? And people excuse it. Oh, no, blah, blah, blah. This is just... And then afterwards, when they're seeing clearly, they're just like, what was Mm -hmm. I doing? Mm -hmm. So that's what I think happened to Timothy. She was in a bad place, you know, and now... So I'm not... But I'm not even questioning the validity. Just the reaction... From Melanie and then just the community I thought was just like, wow, this we really are living in a different world. 
where now gray is gray, black is white, blue is purple, stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? It was just honestly amazed. Chance, did you did you see anything, or were you kind of like I? I feel like you're coming from a kind of outsider's perspective on the whole. Yeah, thing. I mean, I, I looked into it when you know we were doing prep for the show. Um, what I thought was interesting was, I thought her I thought her statement was interesting that you know she didn't say no, mm-hmm. so I felt like I might have had implied consent, and so I was talking about that with my girlfriend, and literally we were like. Oh, we were literally laying in bed one afternoon, like after having just woken up from a nap. And I was like, I didn't ask to take a nap, you know what I mean? Yeah. We just started taking a nap. So, I mean, it could be, you could say that I didn't have consent. You didn't say no. Okay. You know, we're in a very intimate situation right now. Okay. And you could say after the fact that maybe I took advantage of that situation. Huh. I feel like it's really hard to navigate that in a practical sense when you have a close relationship with someone yeah Yeah. like do you ask to hold brooke's hand you know what i mean every time you hold her hand do you well here's what i say here's what i say here's what i'll say about that and that's a good point let's say i'm walking with brooke and i like reach to hold her hand and she kind of does like one of these you know you can't (laughs) see what i did but like she kind of like she moves her hand away fidgets her hand something (laughs) and then i like try to wrap my arm around her and she drops down to tie her shoe or something like that and then I like grab her by the waist, and she finally just. No, that's like, absolutely forceful. They're, well, they're you get what I'm saying. Or yeah. even I just grab, I just grab her hand, and she finally just reluctantly absolutely. has it. And then I, if someone asks me, did Brooke want to hold your hand? I'll be like, she didn't say no. But Brooke's <laughs> perspective, will be like, I of course I didn't absolutely. want to hold your hand. Uh-huh. I let it happen because you were so insistent on it. Right. But and that's obviously pales in comparison to sexual you know, yeah, that's, abuse, but I think it's of a similar vein in that it's such a gray area because from one perspective, I was like, I was just doing what it took to hold her hand. And from her perspective, she was like, he was not seeing any of the signs yeah. that I did not want him to hold his, my I'm hand. Strictly about the con- the concept of like, she didn't say no, therefore I had consent. I think it's like a very scary, logical fallacy. Yeah. 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 Fall victim too. But uh, more importantly, it was like, her, her reaction. So reportedly, two hours after she... So uh, she wrote up this whole letter. She didn't say Melanie's name. Timothy wrote this whole letter. Mm-hmm. She didn't say Melanie's name. Uh-huh. Then she posted on Twitter and she was like, originally I wasn't going to say who this was about. This is about Melanie Martinez. Right. Two hours later, after having not spoken to Melanie Martinez reportedly uh-huh. for over a year, she gets a phone call from Melanie Martinez. Oh, really? really? I didn't hear about I this. I didn't know that yeah. either. The, it, it, was in, uh, it was in one of the um, interviews she gave for um, C- uh, CNN, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's like, why are you calling? Like, yeah. We haven't, we haven't spoken over a year. Like, yeah. If this isn't true, you know what I mean? I feel go that. Go talk man. to your lawyer. Go talk. Go get a PR person. Is she, did she answer? No, she said... She said Reportedly, that she blocked the call immediately. Okay. That's for she good cause, I think. So, yeah, that kind of like that shows guilt in, in from my point of view. Hmm. Like, you haven't spoken to someone in over a year, uh-huh. and now you're just gonna say you're calling out of the blue, which she did say. Like her response was like, "Yeah, she was on my mind." No, no, no. I'm sorry. Let me back up. So she called her two hours after the Twitter post, and then when she realized she got blocked, she called Tiffany's. Uh, I'm sorry. Timothy's boyfriend, and he answered the phone because he wasn't fully aware of what was going on at the time. Yeah. And reportedly, she said something like, "Yeah, I just had a dream about." 
Timothy. Uh, and so I just wanted to call her and like reconnect. And like, oh no, that changes things. This is that's not. That sounds fishy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just. And oh. do you think? Well, no, because there's no. I was thinking maybe she was like trying to protect the boyfriend and not like get him involved. But no, he was. It's out her. there. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's out there and for the all the world to see. So yeah. of course he knew. Reportedly, before she had even posted the letter, she had had long discussions with her boyfriend about what had happened. She felt terrible about it. Yeah. You know, so he was he was well aware. There was yeah. On a, just a different note, I actually found out Timothy is a was a lead singer in a band called Dresses that I really liked, yeah. and I just didn't even know. So I played more part of it than I even thought I would. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? There's more, but I just think in the community, it was just interesting to see how how they reacted and see this these yeah. allegations are affecting everybody. Yeah, it's it's rare, but it does happen. There yeah. are women who rape other women. There are men who rape other men. It's not uncommon. Yeah. But um. It's. I think it's, it's always good. I feel or interesting to look at like how, how different things affect certain communities, and a community I felt that was united in hatred against one person this week was the the black female in America against Omarosa, whatever her last name is. I don't even know, <laughs> but Omarosa, the former reality show contestant on The Apprentice, hosted by Donald Trump was removed from the White House and there's differing opinions on or details on what actually happened. But I, I online, did y'all see this? It was shocking to me to, and I don't like Omarosa, but just to see every black Mm -hmm. female news anchor, professional (laughs) media professionals going Mm -hmm. out of their way to drag Omarosa Mango. Mango. Yeah, that's what it is. Literally, just Robin Roberts. That's the first one I saw. Robin Roberts just in disgust. <laughs> just in disgust. Was like, yeah, I'm sure she has a story to tell. And there was like no pomp and circumstance. It was just like, oh, bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. This woman has been in news for like 20 years. Exactly. Like, yeah, it doesn't get more professional than Robin Roberts. And then you see on, oh, I can't believe I forgot her name. on CNN, Angela Rye. Angela Rye yeah. on CNN just... Just literally said, I'm going to be petty right now and go in and just start uh, laughing and just so cracking weird. up. So and they all just started. Like, I was we just, don't own you like Zora, your skin folk. Oh, my like, goodness. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> so that's, I just, I feel, I'm not going to say too much on it just because I am not a black female myself. But I do think I'm going to, in Jasmine's absence, I think we got to take officially... Take Omarosa's black card. I, did, I think it's... we we've had discussions with Jazz in the show prep. Uh, she agrees that Omarosa I... needs to lose her black card. This is she, black. She can she can add more detail when she's here next week. Exactly. This is Black Week in official, guys. We're look that running tally. The first one major major player to lose a card is Omarosa Mangle. Yeah. Sorry, Omarosa. But on on a lighter note, people who aren't losing their black card this week, in my in my opinion, are Migos. <laughs> Migos drop the they show the final um the casting. So let's for... let's fill our listeners in on the beef if you don't already know. I That's so like... broken. I don't know if Brooklyn... I don't think I know. Okay, so do you know who Migos is? Of course. Does she okay. know yes. who Migos? Do you know who Joe Budden is? No. Okay, Joe Budden is a New York rapper. He was like kind of big in like the early two thousands. He had right. a song called Pump It Up. Do you remember that? Uh... Too fast, too curious. Oh no. Okay. Sorry. That's pretty much <laughs> no. when people most people when they hear Joe Budden they're like, Okay, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Um member of a rap group called Slaughterhouse. Um 
to, to be fair, he's a great he's a great mixtape rapper, but he doesn't have he's never had anywhere near the following that Migos has. <laughs> Not even never. close. Not even close. So okay, back in uh, May 2017 this year, on his show Everyday Struggle, which is a show uh, I, I believe it's I don't know what channel it's on, but I know that Complex Magazine is like the sponsor or whatever of the show. Um, Button brings on Lil Yachty. He has a conversation with Lil Yachty <laughs> about, you know, what it was like to go to the Met Gala and just mm. immediately starts flying off the handle. Like, cause Lil, Lil Yachty, like, kind of gives him, like, a one-word answer. He's not very talkative, and it's clear that Joe Budden's getting frustrated. Mm. So then out of nowhere, he's just shouting at him. He's like, based on your response, I feel like you're not media trained. Oh, Are my God. <laughs> he's, like, barking at him. <laughs> And so then, like, at some point, Joe Budden, Joe Budden's, like, really heated. He shout, he, he asks him, like, he asks him about, like, his, his level of happiness as a rapper. Like, are you happy? But he's like, yeah, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a black man. I've got red hair, and I just went to the Met Gala. They don't let people in like that. And as soon as he says he's happy, Joe Budden just flies off the handle. He's like, that's bullshit. You're not happy. You can't ever be happy. To be successful, oh you have to God. be unsatisfied. Like, all this shit. <laughs> and so, whatever. Look to, needless to say, Lil Yachty, like, never associated with Joe Budden Well, again, yeah. Until, which I'm about to get oh, to. Oh, gosh. Uh, so then June 25th, um, I forget what award show that was. Who knows? I, I think I, it was the BET. I, I want to say it was the BET Hip Hop Awards. Something. Yeah, but, so, Everyday Struggle has a setup, you know, entering the event where they're like giving quick interviews and sound bites of rappers who are coming in. DJ Academic is a huge fan of Migos. He invites them to a sit down with the Everyday Struggle cast. Uh, and DJ Academics asks a question to uh, take off. Yeah, to take off uh, about you know how he felt about the running joke that he was left off of Bad and Bougie. Everyone remembers this. This was like a meme for a month. Takeoff answers that, you know, he asks, like, does it look like I was left off bad and bougie? But he says it in a way that people don't understand. For those who don't, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, for those who haven't seen the videos, he said, (laughs) they didn't have have headphones on, they couldn't hear each other, and so DJ Academics asked like three or four times, but he says, the, the interview gets nowhere, Joe Budden is clearly frustrated, and then, so DJ Academics is wrapping up the interview, and he says, hey, you know, glad I could interview you all. Y'all are one of my favorite acts. As soon as Academic says that, Joe Budden stands up, throws his microphone down, walks off the stage. So Migos clearly picks up on the disrespect. They stand up. They're like, you know, what are you trying to do? Yes, you a, showed me that. Jared show showed me that. There's a bit of a, like, kind of a physical confrontation. There's no blows thrown. There's not really any shoving, but, like, they're ready to, you know, get each other's face and square up. So that brings us to Wednesday of this past week. Mm-hmm. Migos on their Instagram posts a snippet of their song "Ice Tray," which is fire, by the way. I think the full song's out by now. But Ice Tray featuring Lil Yachty. Oh yeah. my gosh! How did I miss and this? One, one, there's specifically a line in there where it says, "If y'all hating, call him Joe Button." Yeah, yeah. Pussy. <laughs> and yeah. they have a. They have a section of the video where they have like people, actors dressed up as the you know the cast of Everyday, Everyday Struggle. Struggle, and the name of the show oh is gosh. All Rappers Struggle. <laughs> 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 
we're gonna have some. Like I said, some... I'm gonna give him another black card. We're just going. To... Yeah, Migos. They get three. You know? Migos <laughs> get all they need. Exactly. I'm gonna give him four. We got it. We're gonna have that. We're gonna have the tally up for everybody <laughs> on the Tumblr. But also on the Tumblr, I'm gonna show y'all the comparison of DJ Academics and the stand-in they got. The budding guy that just found a bald skin. I mean, a bald-headed, you know, light-skinned yeah. dude. The DJ Academic guy. He, I, was like, I was like, I was like, wait, like, why? For the video. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the thing Joe Budden even said. He said they could have got me on the video, uh, for the video. And you're just like, Budden, come on, man, take, oh, take the L and keep it moving. Yeah. I actually love the pettiness. When me it too. To it was same. masterful, masterful pettiness. So, I mean, to have Yachty on the track, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I actually love. I actually just love rap beefs in general. Brooke, are there as many pop beefs? What is your What is your favorite? Do pop stars have beefs that you know of? Yeah, Wait, are I you mean, playing like Brooke right now because she's a white woman. No, yeah, for real. Well, it's just that Brooke <laughs> likes pop music, so I was going to ask mean, her. Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, everyone knows about Katy Perry and Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift. right? Okay. Yeah. Which this the, Which let me honestly, remind listeners the official Taylor Swift stance on this show is that she's a snake. Continues. Yeah, no, we yeah we hate her. But <laughs> I don't even I don't like either of them. Yeah. I don't like either of them. But I was a bit of a Katy Perry fan. Everyone for a while, was, and then but she became like she was trying to do this like mixed mom motif. I don't know what she's, she's just, doing now. Doing, like where she's trying to like play buddy with doing, the black community. She's just always like doing too much. I can't. There's no other way to put it. This, she's yeah. always trying to just do too much. This last promo tour, I was like, Katie, what's going on, yeah. girl? Like everything okay? I think she she. I feel like she craves the attention, so she'll mm. do anything just mm. for the attention. But that that became like a recent thing. Like before, she was just like your average pop star. But the people liked. Yeah, I, I liked her. I like. She had like a, a song with a Kanye feature that I really oh, yeah. forgot e. all e. about. E. It. It, it was E.T. E. Yeah. I really yeah. liked that. I liked the uh, Last Friday Night. That was like that was. Like, yeah, that that song. album was really good. You can't like album. yeah. What was that cat lit fun? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Snoop. With Snoop. With Snoop. Saying, but God. then she started this like. Like the same kind of shit that Just, Cyrus was Yes. Like Basically, like, yes. Like, it was kind of like bangers. Well, even she, and she even cut her hair and, and dyed it blonde like that. Like a long, like stiletto nail. Yeah. Let me tell you what the problem. Let me fill you in on Katie. Russell Brown messed her up, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And then to follow that up with Orlando Bloom, he's not a stable guy. No. I know absolutely nothing about Orlando Bloom, but <laughs> I'm slandering him Ladies right now. Ladies and gentlemen, uh... <laughs> If you end up dating Travi McCoy, learn your lesson from Katy Perry and just stay with him. Exactly. (laughs) It's just one. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Is are the weekend and Bieber do they beef? Because they no. both are like, they're both. And, and I with... literally saw a, an interview that Selena Gomez gave, and she was like, "Oh yeah, me and the weekend are such good friends." No. But that was before they stopped following each other on Instagram. You know, so. Selena Gomez is good friends with huh. Who? your girl Taylor Swift. True so, that. Uh, she part True of the that. Posse? Yeah, they are. I'm not, I'm not gonna take nothing away from Selena Gomez, but Selena Gomez is, just, is like, on the wrong <laughs> side of history. I feel with just a lot of things. I would agree with that. Just, She's just kind of been back. down on her look, luck a little bit. Guys, this is an impromptu pop corner with Brooke. <laughs> uh, we're just gonna drag pop stars. No, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's get Brooke's opinion on pop stars. We got Selena <laughs> Gomez. How do you feel about pop stars? Who are pop stars right now? How do you feel about Camila Cabello? What's her name? Oh, or... I think she's a snake too. Really? Yes. Because of the Fifth no, Harmony. She betrayal? left we Fifth need, Harmony. Okay. We need production, but we need to have like a. 
there's gonna be a snake. Somebody a snake we just <laughs> there's gonna be a hiss drop. Hey, hiss into the microphone. <laughs> oh yes. Hold on, let's gonna isolate that. Say hiss again. Okay, that's our, that's our official, that's our official Black Weekend hiss. Now, go ahead. I don't. Look, I can understand wanting to have your own career as a singer, as a musician, but don't do it up in the middle of a tour. Like, I think to as out of respect for your other group mates, wait until the end of the tour and then do it. Here's here's the thing. I know absolutely nothing about Fifth Harmony, but when it comes to those boy, grand, boy band, girl band things, and that happens on all of them, is it that I feel like the... The public forgives you if you're the Justin, the Beyonce, the Diana Ross of the group. It's going to be kind of like bumpy, but they're going to be like, we were waiting for you. You know what yeah. I mean? So like Beyonce, like I'm. some people were like, what is she doing? She's trying to be. And now she's Beyonce. Justin left. And, yeah, I was going to say, remember Michelle was trying to take the light. Right, right. So people people are scrambling to be the first. Like Zane left. Uh, I can't believe I know this. Malik. Zane, yeah, <laughs> Zane left One Direction uh-huh. first. But was he the Justin of One Direction? I thought that was Harry. Uh, no, and that's the thing. There's a way you can do it and uh-huh. it'd be okay a little bit better than the way that Camilla did it because Uh she really was just acting like she was so salty against all of them and ungrateful Mm -hmm. for the start that they had given her. I mean, hello, show a little bit of respect at least. I guess. I feel you. I actually, though, ventured onto, it's called Pop Heads on Reddit, (laughs) and they are all, they're Camilla stands. Like, they feel like... They like her? Yeah, they call the rest of the Fifth Harmony members Trump supporters. Oh my god. There's another, like, derogatory name I have for them, but so I was like, wow. Okay, well, also... Oh, go ahead. Vicky and I are friends on Reddit, and (laughs) I know for a fact you didn't just recently stumble on Uh, (laughs) The fact checking begins! The fact checking begins! He he. Is so hard on me for the music I like and for the listening to pop music, but I know he knows. But that's it's not one of those things. I'm not let me clear the record here. I am not one of those annoying guys like pop music sucks. Like I can't believe Yes, you actually are. Yes, you are. I like why. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so some of the stuff that (laughs) some so some of the stuff that's considered pop now. This is, this is, we're really getting bad. We're off the script. So this may need to get cut down. But to, to, to expand on the conversation, like some of the stuff that gets considered pop is also indie, yeah. or also hip hop, or also R&B. So I'm yeah, about, like, it does cross over. Calling pop, I guess pop, pop, there's not really a sound or anything like that to pop. It's just about what ends up being a phenomenon. In music. I agree with that. And I think of it as anything that they play on the radio repeatedly. Because Car- Cardi B's uh, Bodak Yellow, not like classically pop, but it there's gets nothing. played. It's on, like, very pop popular. Stations, yeah, so. exactly. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to hear and have you slander my pop name. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, hey, well, thank, thanks for the pop update, bro. Yeah, you're welcome. Pop updates with Brooke. Pop updates with Brooke. I like it. There we go. There we go. That's, That's the perfect job. This is, well, it's time for the basketball update with Jared, then, if we're doing the pop update. Okay. With um, we've actually made it three episodes without referencing LeVar Ball, so I think we're actually better than every media outlet in America right now. But we have to bring up. 
LeVar Ball, for those who don't know, is a very outspoken father who has three boys who want to be in the NBA. One currently plays for the Lakers. But he's just genuinely crazy. I would call him the, him personally, he's the Donald Trump of sports. <laughs> and he wants his family to be the Kardashians of yes. basketball. So he pulled his, uh, you probably heard the story about one of his sons got arrested in China for shoplifting. Donald Trump supposedly helped get them off the hook. They didn't thank him. Donald Trump is like, I should have left him in China, blah, 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 media circus. So LeVar Ball pulls his sons, who aren't in the NBA yet, LaMelo and LiAngelo, who are 19 and 16 respectively, out of school. One who had a full-ride scholarship to UCLA, one who was at a private school in Chino Hills, pulls them out of school and signs them to play, signs them up to play basketball in a small village in Louisiana. Wow. Lithuania. Lithuania with a population of 10,000 people, no local nightlife, not that that matters, kids 16, and a team that barely can pay all of its bills. Some of the players haven't been paid in months, and they're not even the best team in the league. And I think this is the point where we as Americans need to look at LeVar Ball and say, What the fuck are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We, I was, I, you know, I begrudgingly respected him. Like, hey, at least he's a dad taking care of his sure. kids. He got his kid to play on the team he wanted to play for. But, dude, these kids are in for a rude awakening. Louis, right. Lith, wow, Lith, Lithuania? Lithuania, yeah. Lithuania is not Los Angeles where they currently live. It is, it is, it is. Eastern Europe, you know what I mean? You get caught shoplifting over there, you are stuck. <laughs> never never been to Lithuania, but I mean, Eastern Europe has a reputation. Wait, if you haven't been, you really should go. Have you? <laughs> Just clean Of course you've never been to Lithuania. Eastern Europe has a reputation for being kind of a rough place to live. But, uh, Just the idea of like taking your kids out of school when they already have tremendously bright, you know, prospective futures, and having them go play ball with an organization that isn't really getting a lot of attention from the NBA or from the European basketball community in general. Like, what, what is the end game there? You plan to, like, parlay that into maybe playing for FC Barcelona at some point None on their basketball team? Like, what, what's the idea? What's the plan? The end game here is that now that they're out of high school and college, they don't have to respect amateur rules. So he's going to... Mm. They also have their brand. We didn't address this. Big baller brand, yeah. family <laughs> clothing, sports apparel brand, and yeah. it's trash. I mean, it's just ugly, and it's all overpriced. Just yeah. I, like I said, the Donald, the truly the Donald Trump of sports, and so now they can get them their own quote unquote signature shoes with big brawler brand because mm. they don't have to be amateurs any anymore. And look, what sucks is the older one that's nineteen who was going to get a full ride scholarship to UCLA will not play in the NBA. He's just not good enough, and I feel bad for him because at least he could have been a teenage kid in Los Angeles or a young kid in Los Angeles yeah. for four years. Getting free college education, exactly. But now he's there's no I, there's no way he's gonna become an NBA basketball player. Wait, is he the one that was caught shoplifting? And he was the one that was caught shoplifting. I thought he lost his scholarship for that. No, he didn't. They actually kept him because his younger brother. There was a package deal. So the oldest brother's really good at basketball. He plays for the Lakers uh-huh. right now. It's his first year. Middle one's trash. Like I'm, pro- I'm probably was as good as him at basketball. The younger one is probably isn't as good as the oldest, but will probably play in the NBA. So Lavar, being the guy he is, told UCLA, "If you want one of my sons, you got to get all of my sons." Oh my god! So Leangelo is honestly, 
Leangelo, I hope you're listening. You're getting, you were getting carried. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think this. I don't think this is a smart move. This is the first, not the very first time, but this is a for sure time where I'm like Levar. This you messed up here, man. If Isn't they it? agreed to do that, they agreed to do that. They agreed to, to let, do that, oh but I mean, they're kids. I mean, their father. He's crazy. No, but UCLA agreed to take both the oh, sons. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, he agreed so to take the sons. So here's my question. They, they went through all this trouble to go through these negotiations. Yeah. I, I question the legality of it. Right. pretty sure it's a gray area. Um, To get both sons, and then he pulls them out of school and takes them to Europe. Right, right. UCLA has got to be pretty frustrated. Well, UCLA, I think, was already pretty frustrated with the Ball family because they're not – let's be clear. These kids are not LeBron James and not Michael Jordan. So it's it was getting to that point where they're like, listen, Lamelo's okay, but we don't need this. Dude. It's UCLA, you know what I mean? As crazy as Lavar is, I'm sure I'm sure UCLA was looking at each other like they they I guarantee you some of them breathed a sigh of relief when he pulled Leangelo out of the program and told Lamelo that he wasn't going to be. Well, maybe something did happen behind the scenes that we don't know. Like, well, maybe UCLA finally was just like, you know what? We're done with you because you're crazy. That's And that's part of it. Like I said, Le- Leangelo's not good enough. He's, very, he's not good enough, like, just on his own to have gone be, been recruited by UCLA. And some were saying that the coach just told LeVar and Leangelo, like, hey, yeah, your kid's on the team, but he's definitely not going to play. And the way the NBA rule work, the NBA works, when you graduate high school, you can't come straight to the NBA you have to be out of high school for at least a year. So typically they go to college for a year, then they go to the NBA. So the plan always for was for him to leave and go to the NBA. But you can't leave the college if you don't even play because the NBA is like, you couldn't even play in college. So that's what people, some people th- are speculating that UCLA finally told the balls like, hey, Jello's not playing. And he said, Jello's not playing. Well, I'm taking my boy home. We're going to go play in Europe. And then he got to Europe and they're like, he's not playing here either. And so, <laughs> are they benching him in Europe? Or are, you, are you joking? Well, Lithuania. Lithuania. I'm sorry. Lithuania. There goes there goes the Eastern European market. We were we were rising up with the podcast bulls, but I'm sure I've disrespected them enough. But no, they're not a world-class basketball community. Well, some of them are, but it's in a village. I mean, This yeah, place is smaller than... Then a like Tomball for those in Houston, but just it's a small place that I don't even know. I, I'm surprised it has a basketball team, and like I said, can't pay its bills. So that shows you the demand that these kids are seeking. Don't sleep on Eastern Europe. They love basketball. We were talking about this at work. Eastern I don't know Europe what it is. Basketball. I don't know what it is about that region, but like they play that the the American sport of basketball. They have more knowledge and more ability to play in Eastern Europe than any other american sport in that region i don't know what it is yeah i just love basketball over there it, I, it just really worked out and they i think and here's another thing that's interesting about it lamella leangelo ball i'm and lavar ball and their family i'm sure just increased the african descent population in that town from zero <laughs> to whatever high percentage it is I'm now sure lithuania has some instagram models that they're knocking down no you know so I mean? that's my <laughs> That's another culture shock. These guys, they're mixed race. LeVar Ball is a black man and his wife is a white woman. So the kids are, kids are mixed race. Right. So I'm just, I, I'm interested. That's another thing. What is it going to be like for those, you know, for all purposes, uh, ethnic, I hate to say that word, but ethnic kids in Eastern Europe and how much that's going to be a change. But um, I think that's appropriate for our next segment. This, we have a resident person of, of, of mixed race here on, on the podcast. 
His name is Chance Barnett, <laughs> for those of you who couldn't tell. So I should clarify that uh, we're really trying to get away from the term mixed race because we're not ice cream swirls. So. Oh, okay. I appreciate <laughs> oh, that. That That's is good to know. We're, we're trying to transition to biracial or multiracial. Biracial I like multiracial. multiracial. Um, that sounds so cultural. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, hit me with your question. Well, on? let me, yeah, let me set it up. Brooke and I are in a relationship. We're in a multiracial relationship. <laughs> it's only two races involved. Um, Brooke obviously could not stand my, could not withstand my chocolatey charms. <laughs> and so we've been dating now for two years. Uh, hopefully to spend the rest of our lives together. Oh. Yeah, this is a proposal oh. podcast. Oh. <laughs> and then, um, but I mean, I, I, the assumption is we're going to have what multiracial kids. I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. Right. It turns out I've been white this whole time. Or you do. You might. And I don't know. I was just feeling like what I wanted to know, and Brooke wanted to know. I feel like as well. (laughs) What are what are some what is it like like in Houston? Just give me just a brief backstory of what it's like to grow up as a multiracial kid, and where you grew up. I don't want to speak for you know all people of you know multiple races. You really don't fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Greens Point. I went to Bannel Middle School. You know, it's predominantly black community. I was always a white kid. Um, in the black community, you're yeah, always a white kid. Always. Um, and, and vice versa. And, and it's not even just white people. When I'm hanging around people who aren't black. I'm the black guy. Right. I'm the people that people. I'm the guy that people want to like experiment with, you know, racial jokes and like right, right. Skirt the line. Gotcha. Sometimes I let to do it. Sometimes I put my foot down, and I'm like, no, we're not gonna have that. Um, but yeah, it's it's always it's it's a constant. When I was younger, it was a constant identity issue. It's like there are these two groups that are there, and you are supposed to fall into one or the other, but then you discover you really don't fall in either one. And so once you accept that, I think it's you know. Things get easier. Gotcha. But early on, it was it was pretty difficult. Pretty difficult. I think Obama had struggled with the same issue too. Like he really didn't fit in anywhere until he stopped trying. You know, as long as I've known you, I don't think I've ever really thought about. Did you feel a special connection, even more so than maybe the black community, to a multiracial president who you knew experienced similar things you did? Drake went platinum that year. (laughs) J. Cole had just come out, and. Uh, Barack Obama got elected president. I was like, mixed people are winning. I posted that on Facebook. Uh, By the way, people are taking over, and everyone was like, yeah, you're right. I know it. I know it. We're out here. Man, that is, that's interesting, man. Like, I, I guess I just always, and I'm gonna, it's interesting you said in the black community, you were, you were looked at as the whitest, the whitest kid, white community, you were looked at as the blackest kid. When I met you first, you had a big afro. You know what I mean? You were a, a little nerdy around the edges, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You knew, you said some things. I was like, this is a black dude. And so I have, am I mentally, I know you. people look and see you a certain way. In my head, I just call you black. You know what I mean? And people I, who know me. Right, but I also feel like, do you feel any, I don't want to say resentment, but do you feel misunderstood, not misunderstood, like pity on me, but misunderstood just by definition, like for the black person who just assumes like this guy's black through and through, not through and through, but you know what I'm saying? Like you should, they don't understand your white heritage through your mother or your, or the white people who don't understand your black heritage through your father. Do you feel like people just assume things about who you should be, how you should feel about things 
because of what they perceive you as. Absolutely. Gotcha. Absolutely. Um, yeah, constantly. Um, I don't harbor, I don't harbor resentment toward people who accept me in the black community because I mean, not too long ago it didn't matter. Right, right, right. A little bit black didn't matter. You were black. Right. Uh, but I think I, I resent people who try to question my black presence or my black identity mm -hmm. because my mom was white. Right, right. Because again, it didn't matter. Right, it, right. It still, in many ways, it still doesn't. Exactly. And people, I, I've, I've been in situations where people have learned or come to the realization that, uh, you know, my dad was black and then I'm biracial and then they start acting funny. Really? Um, at work, yeah. in relationships. Uh, and those are, those are the things I present. Those are mm -hmm. the things I try to gotcha. out of my life. So, yeah, it does happen, unfortunately. Um, it's it's unique, but I don't think it's any different from any of the other racial issues that people who are you know purely black or purely white or purely Hispanic, purely Asian experience. Yeah, um, it's just you know, as a as a human species, I think we have there's something about someone being different from you that you know, people don't know how to act sometimes. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. You know. What um. Brooke, I'm gonna ask some future stuff for us. Could you were you cognizant of the like how your parents treated the um your like race relations with you? Like did you could you feel like your dad was pulling you one way or your mother was pulling you to think this way? Or did that or did they just treat you like just give me give me that. My dad was a typical African American father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> Strict. Yeah. Um, Angry all the time. <laughs> okay. Don't bring your friends over. <laughs> eating all the damn food in the fridge. Uh, my mom was, in in many ways, she was the stereotypical mom of biracial children. I mean, okay. She, looking back, she was that woman who was like trying to buddy buddy with black people because her it, kids were part black. Yeah, I, yeah. When I was young, I didn't know any better. And those those people would like come up and they would play with me and my sister. And they would look at our hair, yeah. and they would like, you know, they'd try to fix my sister's hair and uh -huh. stuff like that because my mom really didn't know how to do it. Exactly. Um, and you know, when I was younger, I didn't know any better. I was just like, hey, you know, these are, you know, these people are trying to play with us. But looking back, they were like, kind of low key feeling sorry for us. Like, yeah. Your mom is kind of tripping. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. who my mom was. That's that's who she was. Um. They they didn't treat us any different though. I remember. The first time my dad heard me say nigga, he, he like, he made me stop what I was doing. He's like, do you, do you really understand the word you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time, honestly, I didn't, I just knew it was like something my friend said, um, and I knew it was something white people weren't supposed to say. Yeah. And we had a long conversation about, you know, what it was like to use that word, you know, within the black community and what it was like to hear that word from white people when he was growing up in the 60s and 70s yeah. and, you know, sort of the nuances behind the language mechanism of the word, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Um, that was pretty much it. We never had discussions like that with my mom. She never, as far as I can remember, she never used the word. Yeah. It wasn't like a Richard Pryor situation. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Took her outside and made her look at the stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
that that was pretty much it. Uh, they they didn't really act different with us. My mom tried to act brand new with black people. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So when you were like going through these, like identity trying to figure out your identity did you talk to your parents about that did or did you keep it to yourself i would i talked to my dad about it and he would just he would try to reassure me he's like son you know i understand what you're trying to say but you're black (laughs) it didn't matter and that that was his justification Mm -hmm. like they would have beat your ass the same way they would have strung you up in a tree the same way they would have had you out in the field next to black people the same way. Mm-hmm. There is no difference. You're black. And you would just try to beat that into my head. Like, you're black. Don't, don't, don't try to second guess yourself. And my issue was like, and, and still, and I, I've, I've come to accept it and I understand what the, I've come, I've come to understand that like when people meet me, they're not always immediately aware that I'm biracial mm-hmm. and because my dad's black and my mom's white. People think I'm Turkish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they think I'm mm-hmm. Middle Eastern. Right? Mm-hmm. They think I'm Brazilian. They think I'm, you know, Latino. Mm-hmm. I've heard everything. They think I'm Greek. Mm-hmm. That was the most recent one I heard. They, they see that there is some pigment in my skin and that my features are not exactly Anglo-Saxon. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've come to accept that people aren't immediately aware that I'm, that I'm black. But it's just that when I was a kid, there were groups, you know, you know how school is. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. very cliquish. There were groups that I was supposed to fall into, and I never really fit perfectly in any of those. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just had to. There was a moment I think, like my senior year of high school, where I was like, "I'm here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frizzy hair, pointy nose, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Just let me live my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting what you said about what your dad would say to you, because that's what I always assumed. You know, be, and for that same justification he did, I would just like people Brooke would ask, you know, I would just tell her straight up, you're gonna have black kids. Like, <laughs> just prepare yourself because of how people mar- might because perceive them. Worst case scenario, that's how people are gonna act. Right. That's, they're not gonna be like, oh, I, they're a little bit white. And I and it and I ha- but I'm seeing now it was almost coming from me from a place of almost trying to protect them and shield them from na- naivety. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't want them to come and... I want... You want to tell your kid, hey, the world's going to... They're most likely going to treat you a second way, so you need to be prepared and mm-hmm. understand. But now, I'm thankful, hopefully, like you've experienced, I'll be able to raise my kids in an environment where, like, you know, this is... You're like, yeah, this is what it was, and this is how I feel about it, but you are you, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're... Me, you're your mother, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Your chance, you're who you, who, whatever, you know what you are. And I think that's, it'll be interesting to see what what comes of that. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so, too. Well, this has been... One, be- of the, one of the more important things I want to note for Brooke is that yes. just be prepared for multiple hair textures. <laughs> I, yeah, I need help. I'm going to need a lot of help. Along here, I've got like the long, wavy, like Frank Sinatra hair. <laughs> and then right here, I've got like Huey P. Newton. <laughs> and then like, over here, I've got like the stuff that'll dread up if I don't comb uh-huh. it in the back. So just be prepared for like different textures. Okay. A nice array. I can do that. Wow, this has been the educational. Very educational. Thank you, Chad. We're actually going to take a breather. (laughs) And we'll be right back. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Black Weekend Podcast. Uh, you can find our Instagram and Twitter at Black Weekend Pod, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, uh, and you can find our Tumblr at Black Weekend. All right, let's get back to it. Hey, welcome back. We are back, and we're gonna we're gonna discuss something. I guess that's kind of kind of important to all anything that's being put on the internet right now. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. net neutrality. I'm I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> we're yeah, us too. We <laughs> we're talking about it too. But I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Everyone needs to deal with it. Yeah, Everyone yeah. And and the gist of it is, I'm gonna explain it. Here we're gonna. I'm gonna explain it really quickly from a like kind of know what I'm talking about. Chance is gonna give you the actual really what it really means. Then Brooke is gonna tell us her perspective on it because she. I don't think she. I know nothing. Gotcha. <laughs> so basically, this is how I feel. The best way to explain it is, right now, the well, net neutrality was enacted pretty pretty recently, and what it basically meant was, new. Basically, what it says: all parties on the internet are should be treated equally. As it, so your your providers can't differentiate between content that's distributed to you through their through their networks. So they can't say, oh, because you're video streaming, it's going to cause this much to to get it to you, or because you're calling someone, it's going to cause this much, or because you're doing this and such and such. It's basically getting putting everybody on an equal playing field, and it's just how the internet should be. It's kind of how it always been, but it was put in the rule. The rules were put into place to make sure. That's how it was continued to be. Because potentially, if you have Comcast, they could say, oh, we're going to give you, if you want, you know, the best quality Netflix, you got to get the streaming package, which, you know, you pay a little extra dollar, more money, and that way you get your Netflix, Hulu, and such and such at our highest fidelity. Or, oh, if you really like, you know, listening to podcasts, you got to get our audio package. And, you know, it allows, if without net neutrality, that's basically what we could be staring down the barrel of. And plus much more. Am I more or less correct in that? That's pretty much right. The the basic principle is that all network on the tra- on the internet, or all traffic on the network is treated equally. Uh, you don't you know rate limit certain content, uh, and then vice versa. You don't charge people more to get certain content on time. What's your favorite music streaming service, Brooke? Music streaming? Yeah. Well, thanks to Jarrett, Google Play. Okay. <laughs> so could you imagine if you had to pay like an extra $20 a month to Comcast to get Google Play streamed to you at 20 megs? No, oh, that would suck. That would be terrible. Yeah. But that, that's what the violation of net neutrality allows. Exactly. So to, to and, whether, and, just, and whether that charge hits you through Comcast charging you... It is obviously would suck. Or if Comcast makes Netflix play, who in turn right rate increases your price on your subscription to that service, mm-hmm. it's going to hit you one way or another, mm-hmm. no matter no matter what. Absolutely. But go ahead. So to expand on what uh, Jarrett was talking about, the FCC voted in measures during the Obama administration that protected the principle of net neutrality. It basically made it enforceable under the FCC. What Ajit Pai did on December 14th is repeal. And who is Ajit Pai for? Ajit Pai is the current uh, FCC chairman. Uh, So what he did is he repealed those measures that were put in place by the Obama administration, which now it doesn't it doesn't immediately violate net neutrality, 
But what it does is it makes the internet vulnerable to net neutrality violations. Right. ISPs now have a little bit more wiggle room. Internet to say, service providers. You know, we're going to charge you $15 a month extra if you want to continue the Hangouts package uh, to text your friends from your computer at home. It's uh, basically. Or we're going to deliver every other character of, you know, the memes that your friends try to send you. Things like that. But it's basically what everyone hates about cable. You know, mm-hmm. Rick right. is a huge cable person. <laughs> For those, I'm telling all your business. That's right. fine. I will. I'm proud to admit, I will pay for cable. And see, that's. I have shows to watch. Okay. Right, and so there's a channels that Brooke like, and right now you can't just get those channels. You can't, you know, say I want to choose these five channels and these are the five channels I want. The Comcast would laugh you out of the building. Right. You have to. How does how does it work, Brooke? If let's say you wanted to, when you were signing up for cable, you wanted to get E Lifetime. How'd you do that? So I told them, I literally said, there are specific channels that I need. Right. One of them was E, one of them was Bravo. Hallmark, apparently, as well. <laughs> I uh, do love Hallmark, well, too. <laughs> anyway, and so they said, okay, then you have to get this package. So basically, they have three packages. Uh-huh. One of them has very few channels. Right. The next one has most of the channels, but then the biggest package has like every channel and they do they specifically i mean i know i'm getting ripped off like i know it's a ripoff because they specifically take out certain channels that you would want that you would want so you'll go up you'll upgrade you know but so i'm in the middle i don't have all the channels but i have more than just the basics so imagine if it's just the same thing imagine if you had to do that with what are your favorite apps instagram snapchat Mm -hmm. imagine if (laughs) Verizon called you and said, Brooke, look, we know you like those, but we're just going to be honest with you. They're in two separate data packages. Exactly. No, see, mm-mm. No, right. that sucks. That's what everyone, that's that's what everyone's arguing against. Yep. And because this is not just Black Weekend where we, this isn't, you know, PBS Black Weekend. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta trash my man's Egypt pie here. So he, he posted a video, that I think later that day or the next day. It was like pandering bullshit. It was, it was him. It was a video where he was talking about all the things that you can still do on the internet, even though these FCC measures have been repealed. And it was dumb shit like you can still order food, you can uh, still post pictures of cats. It was like the it was horrible memes. It was like fellow youngsters. Let's on, go just on a meme level, like, shit like that. On a meme level, it was subpar stuff. I think they did terrible. the Harlem Shuffle at one point. Oh yeah, point. he. Oh, I did God. the Harlem Shake. And you just honestly no one's felt done bad. The Harlem <laughs> yeah, it's the Shake. I, that's how long it's been. I didn't even realize it was the Harlem Shake. It was just honestly atrocious. And I honestly, unless Chance have got more, I don't even want to give this guy more of my time because that's how my. I, just... I think what the the real issue I took with it is that he's like he's vaguely, he's pandering. He's he's trying to pander to, to young people. One, uh-huh. two, he's trying to create an air of positivity and an air of reassurance for people who don't know how the internet works, right. and people who don't understand the concept of net neutrality. So they watch this video and they're like, "Yeah, the FCC commissioner said I can still do all this." stuff that I do on the internet, so I don't understand what everyone's whining about. It doesn't address the actual issue of repealing these measures. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't educate you on the all of the angles of the issue. Um, it doesn't explain to people how this is bad for the internet and yeah. free speech in general. That was my issue with it. So, guys, um, you know, I don't want to get too political, but 
definitely in the future when you're voting, try to vote for people who want to protect net neutrality. I agree. Among other things. Brooke recently just ran for public office. Are you are you for or against net neutrality? I did not run for public office. Hypothetically, you ran for public office. Are you for whoa, or against? Whoa. Give Again. us some detail here. What happened? Okay, I'm in grad school, and for a paper, we had to write a experimental study, and you had to sway people to vote for you, like yeah. change their vote for you. And so that's all I did. Did you make a video where you dressed up like Santa <laughs> No, I literally just wrote it. Please believe me, if she had done that, that would have been the thumbnail for this podcast. <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> but um, that's it for us this week, guys. I appreciate y'all listening to it. We really do like doing this. I like bringing Brooke on to i guess this will be the fantastic thank right this will be the first one she's listened to fully because (laughs) she's in it oh i'll be back for the pop of course you will you're going to be on the show forever now because of your hiss drop (laughs) it's now going to be an established part of black when we call someone a snake exactly so um i really appreciate for for coming we're just going to wrap it up with last words brooke you got any last last things for the listeners if not it's fine I just want to say thank you for letting me come on. I had a great time. Um, Let me know if you need a pop corner because I can give you that. Okay, perfect. Also, I can do a reality TV segment. Which will be happening. I'm all about that. What reality TV show are you most looking forward to in like the next month? Um... Uh, Next Project story. Runway All Stars. Oh, okay. That is on my list. Oh, and also Celebrity Big Brother. We will check back in. It's, I'm currently making my um, predictions of who's going to be on Celebrity Big Brother. Okay. So I need to get those ready so I'm I can I'm good to go for when can it starts. Can they just put Kanye on there so he can win? Right. Like, in the first week, <laughs> it's like just give it to him. Uh-huh. We're, not, we're not gonna play these games. Brooke, if for the listeners that are. For the small subset of listeners <laughs> who currently listen to Black Weekend and don't know who you are, but want to follow you on social media, where are you willing to let them know where you're at? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Brooke Blank B. Okay. And you'll see me and Jared on there. What if they wanted to? What if they really just want to hear your humor? Are you gonna let them let them in on your tweet? Your tweet situation? Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter. I feel like you're always saying I never I'm not that funny. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to you don't up need here. to go that far. <laughs> I'm trying to get you some what, likes here. What actually really happens is I'm like, oh, Jared, I had a really funny tweet today, and he's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't follow you. <laughs> oh, so oh, y'all, he, I yeah, we power, don't even. So none of that was enough. <laughs> if we go down the the that social media, pe- no, we're not going down the social media <laughs> no, path. You don't have to. But, okay. What's your last word? My last word is I like to help send out prayer request you know i'll tell you who i'm praying for and i hope y'all join me in praying for him this week um this week we are last week we were praying for bob mueller i hope everyone i mean last week last month we were praying for bob mueller we're still praying for bob (laughs) we always that's just a continued prayer this week and hopefully this season i want you to join me in praying for the black girls on the season of the (laughs) upcoming season of the bachelor i think it starts january 1st the bachelor for those of you who don't know is this show where eligible women come in basically 25 women all try to date this one guy and he proposes to him it's a whole big sham but we all get caught up into it because we love love stories and for the last 
and Brooke get caught up into it. No. Please do not. And the rest of the world, except for Chance, I guess. (laughs) So it's one of those things, like, for the... For the first, honestly, for the first, what, 19 season or so, it was this white guy, and they trotted out three or four tokens, mm-hmm. you know, and just said, there's black girls on this show, we're not racist, right. which they weren't, but you know, that those guys were never picking those black girls. But recently, we actually had a girl, her name was Rachel Lindsay, shout outs to her, all the black cards we give, we're giving them to her. <laughs> Anyways, um, she went far, and it's really just shown, you know, like, ABC's taking this seriously. So this is why I'm praying for these current black girls on the season of The Bachelor, because never before have they ever been taken more seriously than they will be now. Before, True. it was just like, it was almost a joke, like, how many weeks is there still going to be? They were props. Right, so how many like, weeks is there still going to be a minority in the right. running? But now, not only can they be in the running, they might end up as the next bachelor, bachelorette. So I feel like a black girl going on there before, like, yeah, you know, I'm on here, but I'm really just trying to get my Instagram likes up. Mm. These girls are on here mm-hmm. and part of it. So just pray for them that they represent represent well and that, you know, you know, maybe, you know, who knows what happens. But it, it's a whole new world for black women on The Bachelor. So let's, let's keep them on our prayers. Chance, what you got? Real short. Uh, again, we're trying to move away from mixed race. The term is (laughs) biracial or multiracial. Gotcha. I'm guilty of it too. Multiracial. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Let's end it just real quick. What are you not bringing with you into 2018? Overdrafting my check. Oh my Um, gosh. Doing it in 2018. Yes, I'm getting out of credit card debt. I'm going off of yours. Yeah, I'm no more credit cards. Um, um, what I'm not bringing into. 2018. I plan to be in the last last year I write single on my tax return. Oh, yes! 